This is Doing Good Through Food. I'm Alex Coffin and my guest today is Serena Sabala. Serena is a wellness coach, certified yoga teacher and plant-based nutrition consultant who's studied nutrition for over 10 years. She's the co-founder of Whole Shift Wellness, which specializes in bespoke programs for the time-pressed professionals who want to look and feel their best. Their program is based around three pillars of focus, food and fitness, because they believe if you if any one of those pillars is weak, you simply cannot achieve your health and wellness goals. Serena, welcome to Doing Good Through Food. Thank you for being here. How are you? Thank you, Alex. It's great to be here. I'm doing great. Fantastic. Um, so what, what, what are those, you know, the most common problems that you see? You know, a typical person, you're sort of focusing on uh, busy, busy professionals, professionals, short of time, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Are they, what, What's, um, what problems, other than having no time, I mean, what, what's a typical person? Is there a typical person? What, what are the problems they have? Well, you know, there's, um, there are some commonalities, and then there's almost obviously the individual. That's why our programs are all bespoke. We have um, some pillars that we work with and some, um, uh, like a proven methodology that we apply um, and some universal principles that we apply. But it's also very important to look at the individual's own needs and goals and aspirations I would say if I was to mention the number one biggest problem I would say is not taking action okay. <laughs> that's the one they thing they know the problems they all yeah. know that something needs to change they just never take a first step of sorts they just view this massive mountain and they, are, they just feel demotivated to even take one step to get closer to the summit um, and you know, the truth of the matter is that the only way that you can get somewhere different is if you slightly change the direction of your mm -hmm. life. So you've got to take a first step of sorts to just change gears ever so slightly. And it doesn't have to be massive. It doesn't have to be huge because, you know, then the next biggest mistake that we see them do is that once they feel motivated and they decide that things need to change, typical, you know, January New Year resolution, Mm -hmm. They go at it with a vengeance and change too many things too fast, all at once, without o overwhelming. Overwhelmed, yeah. Yeah. and then they can't sustain it. You know, two weeks in, they're like, no, this is. They literally feel like uh, they don't recognize their life anymore, um, and that's that's you know a recipe it's for disaster. It's not going to feel good. Yeah, no, it's not. absolutely. It's not. Um, I mean, are the issues that you, the busy professionals, are they the same issues? as anybody really so you know if you were to go out not professionals you know a lot of the people who watch this are in some way involved in the catering industries for example they're, well, not, they're not in offices they're profes yes, of, course, of course professionals but they're not um it's not sort of office, office bound not desk bound so mm -hmm. i mean I, I imagine that has a certain you know people come with certain postural issues if you're Correct. always at a desk so maybe they don't have those but i mean are, are there things that just span across Everybody. Of course, it's absolutely, and and no, even outside the realm of any profession, there's mm. the issues pertaining to you know we all have very intricate lives, and we are all trying to juggle a million things, and we all feel like we would need an extra two hours in the day to be able to to integrate wellness routines mm. into our lifestyle because to some extent we're all time pressed. You know, some people might be time pressed because of work commitments. Some people might be time pressed because of family commitments or other. Um, the, the point is the same, is that we all feel under pressure. Mm -hmm. And I would say the other thing that affects 
anybody and everybody is the profound impact that not being as healthy and fit and satisfied with yourself as you can be has on all areas of your life. You know, so if you're a professional in an, maybe an office setting and you manage a team, you feel like a little bit of a fraud because you're putting out this front of being very confident and being the leader and being in charge when actually deep inside you can't even take care of yourself. You know, whereas if you're, but it's the same goes if you're a mother or a father, you know, and you, you're the leader of the family and you're supposed to you know, lead by example and, and inspire your children to do certain things. And so you're preaching, but you're not practicing, mm -hmm. you know? So um, I would say that really taking the best possible care of yourself makes you better at anything that you do. It's, it's kind of the fundamental pillar of your life. Your life mm -hmm. stems from that. So let's, can we talk about the, the method? I'd love to kind of really you sure. know, understand that. So you've got the, the three pillars mm -hmm. um, and five principles that you apply within each of those areas. So the pillars are focus, mm -hmm. food, and Fit. fitness. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose firstly, is, is there a set order to that? I mean, you know, you said you, in your website, and you know, you, you've talked about um, all three are necessary. You know, you can, any one of those is weak and the whole structure it, it'll it'll wobble it'll fall apart i mean is there is there a set structure or again does that depend on who you're talking to if they're particularly weak Correct. in one area you that's start right. there isn't that's exactly right mm. so uh, if you think of your well-being like a tripod like we say if just one of the three legs is weaker than the other the structure tends to fall over and we see this happen time and time again whereby everybody is doing a few things right and they are tackling at least one of the pillars to some extent, yeah. you know. Um, so where we would go in and how we would approach it is what, what's the weakest areas? What's the areas where, where there's most room for improvement? And, and so we, we would start building up the legs that are weaker, mm -hmm. the legs of the tripod that are a little bit weaker without, and this is key, without neglecting the others. You know, because then you, you obtain the opposite result. If you're just strengthening one side and all of a sudden you put the other one in the back burner, you're creating the same scenario of mm. one leg being stronger than the other. So it's quite, um, and you know, this is, it's hard to tell. Uh, it's, this is where the bespoke, uh, the bespoke aspect of the business comes into place because, mm. you know, that's where everybody's slightly different and they have different inclinations and different priorities and different strengths. So, so we help them bridge the gap in the areas where they are a little bit weaker. But you know, even if somebody's nutrition was really out of order, um, my approach to nutrition coaching is deeply intertwined with the focus pillar. You know, I think when you're trying to improve what you eat, you have to first address why you eat what you eat, you know? Mm -hmm. What are the thoughts, emotions, habits that have created, you know, your, your patterns? Um, do, do, do people generally find that easy to kind of get out? Oh no, or it's do very you, you confronting. To, is that something you have to really help it's them It's very with? confronting, mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. Um, food and feelings are deeply intertwined. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am, a, I am a big proponent of addressing what I call the psychology of eating. Um, 
it's very it's very important but it's all, it's it can be very challenging because there's probably correlations that we are not even aware of in many instances and, and emotional attachments that we're not even aware of and that's why you know we go back to, to what I was saying before is essentially it's about transforming who you are mm. not just what you eat that comes almost as a result so the I mean the three pillars are essential like they're all they're all absolutely you know no one of them can be weak but do you think there's any one of them that is I mean you said you know you, you approach food through focus or you know that is is any one of them perhaps more crucial than the others you know if one of them is even a bit weak it knocks out the yeah. others would you well I would say that the f number one pillar which is also the one that people tend to neglect the most is the focus mm. pillar actually um, so focus food fitness actually comes in that order if I was to give it an order focus mm. comes first um, if you don't if you don't transform your mindset if you don't improve your approach on an emotional and psychological level you know I can give you the best program in the world, you're just not going to follow through with it. Mm. Um, following from that is food because I see that happen time and time again. People think that they can um, outrun poor nutrition. Mm -hmm. They think that as long as they work out and they stay active and, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter what they eat. And, you know, there's many people out there who can get away with that. They can get a, because they they either have a very fast metabolism or they work out a lot, um, and so they think they're getting away with eating what they want. Mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't show because it doesn't yeah. show on their body. Yeah, mm -hmm. they still look good, and um, it'll catch up with you. Unfortunately, you mm -hmm. can't outrun a bad diet, and and sadly, it will probably manifest itself at a later stage uh, in the form of chronic disease of some sort. So. Um, I would say, if I was to give it an order, I'd say focus, food, fitness, that's the order. So what does an initial engagement look like? Obviously, you're sort of looking for weaknesses, uh, you know, particular areas to focus on. But I mean, if, if someone's come in and you, what are the first things you're asking? What, well, what, do, you, what, do, they, what do you want to know? Well, the first thing we would do um, is have them fill in a score questionnaire that we've designed to help them identify the areas with most room for improvement. I don't like to call them the weakest areas because it's not about weakness, um, it's about potential for growth. Mm. You know? So we help them unpack what are the areas where they can improve the most um, and we've designed questionnaires that help people really address that. And already that will kind of bring so much clarity to them as to what it is that they they need to do and uh, you know just that process alone is um, it's very profound and can shift the perception mm. um, and then we go into why and what they how far they're prepared to go and most importantly why they want to do it you know because if you really tap into the deeply embedded motivation which is not what we generally think it is you know that we've designed mm. some exercises to help people really dig deep um, then they're going to want to, you know, take action. Um, we think we know why we want to do it, and we might know on a superficial level, but the, deep, the deeper we dig into the why, the deeper this motivation, the, the, the harder it will be to fall off track or to give up, or, yeah. you know, so th these are some of the kind of the first steps we take. And then the principles, um, I really like, they, they were move, 
gradually. You've got, you've got these, these yes. Fs and Ms, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Move gradually, motivate yourself, right. make plans, that's three. Manage your thoughts, monitor your progress. Correct. So those are the five principles in each of those areas. Correct. Um, do you, I mean, do you, the clients find it hard to follow those principles? Do you have to sort of, I suppose, like I said, for me, I'd, if I was, if I decided wellness is the thing, I'd be kind of raring to go and the move gradually might be quite hard to sort of, Correct. you know, like rein me back Re in a right, bit. Right, right, right. Well, that's where we come into place, you right. know. This is where we make a difference and we help them integrate the five M's in a way that feels very organic and uh, almost spontaneous, even though from our end it's quite calculated and quite thought after and quite designed. Um, but, you know, the, the, to the person that we are helping, uh, they don't think about the five M's. They just put them into practice. It becomes like embedded into how we move and progress. Because okay. it can sound like a lot of work, you know, oh my God, mm. five M's, three F's, where do I start from, all of that. But it, you know, if it's done right, it, it just feels like an organic progression. Mm. Um, it's, it's not um, strenuous. Sort of sustainable focus. So, correct. So, and that's why our programs start at three months. Three months is the minimum commitment mm. that we require. I mean, we, we can do a 30 day something just to plant some seeds, but it's never, we make it real clear that in order to really achieve profound results, the minimum amount of time is three months. It's really the bare minimum. Because mm. if you think of how long it took you to develop those habits, probably most of your adult life, Mm. What's six months to a year to that, you know? So is it, uh, the, so you've got these, you know, three core courses. Mm. You've got, uh, you know, three months, um, nine months in a year. Six months, yeah. Six months, sorry. Three oh, months, sorry. six months in the full year. But is that, um, is it sort of about the, the sort of length of effect that it has afterwards? Or sort of the, do you find if people do three months, they are more likely to slip into, slip back into whatever habits afterwards than if they, if they, is it the longer that the they longer sustain this it, program with you? Sure. It's the like the roots of a plant. Yeah. You know, the deeper the roots, the stronger the tree. Mm -hmm. So the more time you give to those roots to really dig deep into the soil and become, you know, very profound, very embedded habits, mm. the harder it will be to shake you, mm. you know? Um, and, and you get to a point where it doesn't matter what your environment looks like, it doesn't matter what your circumstances look like, there, there are some unconditional things that you just do because that's who you are. Mm -hmm. It's not even what you do anymore, it's who you are. Um, but it takes time to develop those, you know, it, it does take time. So three months, you know, if you're not working with very profound transformation and you just want to kind of rev the engine a little bit, or in most cases, it's a, a matter of being afraid of that commitment. Mm. And you just want to kind of test and see and kind of figure out. Then you definitely can start something. And you can even probably pick up a couple of things that will stick with you for a long period of time. But if you think about the big scheme of things and if you think about your life as a whole, really committing to one full year to transform your wellness should hardly feel overwhelming, mm. you know? It, it, it's, for me, in the way I look at things and I approach things, it's hardly a trade-off, you know? We're talking about 
you're going to live to 100. Mm. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I shoot for. <laughs> In this big scheme of 100 years, what's mm. one year? If what yeah. you've achieved then stays with you for the rest of your life. And the quality of all those years. The quality that you have, of all yeah. the years that you have ahead of you, absolutely. Mm. I'd love to ask you a bit more about the food. Yes, particularly obviously this being doing good one, through food, sure. doing good through food. But um, so you, so more plants, more water, less processed food being yeah, sort of like natural. three, yeah, three kind of like um, key focuses within that within that pillar. Um, it seems to imply less meat. Yes. First off, is that correct? That's that what is you, correct. That's what you would take for everybody. Uh, is that advice for all? So you, um, do you come across people who kind of need more? more or less meat or kind of deal less or more well with large amounts of vegetables or what's your well, take on it? My take on it, <laughs> um, well I'll tell you real honestly is that I think humanity as a species is evolving towards not needing meat at all. I think we are way more of a vegetarian mammal than, than we believe we are. Frankly, I don't think anybody needs meat. Uh, I don't think it is a necessity. Uh, I think you can live well without meat. Uh, whether everybody's prepared to take that stance, that's a different matter altogether, and we don't advocate taking that stance, mm -hmm. um, for but not for reasons that have to do with you know, nutritional values of meat. No, that's all right. Uh, it's more because of how hard it can be to, mm. you know, give up something that you've been eating for so many years and you start immediately, <laughs> you'll get a flash of all your favorite dishes that include meat and, you know, mm. your grandma's meat pie or, you know, all the kind of special occasion stuff and you'll feel deprived immediately. And the, the goal is not to feel deprived because nothing good stems out of deprivation. Mm. So it's about shifting in that direction to whatever extent you feel comfortable doing at this moment in time and mm. taking small little shifts, you know. Learning to love plant-based food because it's not all just salads and steamed broccoli. Mm. <laughs> but no, if I was to give you a short answer, um, I don't think anybody needs to eat meat. Um, I think not everybody's prepared to give it up altogether all at once and I respect that. I wouldn't force that upon anybody and I wouldn't recommend it because nothing good would come out of it. But I think we could all do with shifting in that direction to some extent. Is your um, kind of motivation towards that, is, does that sort of come from the nutrition and health side of things or is there a sort of animal and um, welfare and ethics in that side. So that's how it started well. with health. Mm. It started with well-being. It started personally for you. That yeah, was, that was, for yeah. sure, for mm. sure, hundred percent. Mm. Uh, it started with kind of really attuning myself with how the food I eat makes me feel, and what and studying and researching and figuring out what is the most effective way of eating for human beings. Mm. Um, and yes, it's true, we all have slightly different needs and, and, you know, not everybody has to eat the same exact diet. That's not the goal. Mm -hmm. But I think in general, as, as, a, as, as a species, we eat too much of the things that don't do us any good. 
uh, meat being one of them, animal products in general yeah. being one of them. So I started off with that connotation of just, you know, wanting to be my best. Then the more you kind of delve into the subject and study and research and you really get in touch with, you know, you get in touch with food from a different perspective and you start thinking in terms of sustainability. What is the most sustainable way for humanity to eat that not only serves us as a species in the best possible way, but it actually serves the world in the best possible way, then the facts are pretty clear, you know, mm. uh, that a plant-based way of eating is the most sustainable way of eating for the world as a whole. And then also you get in touch with, you know, the compassionate living aspect. And, you know, we practice, we are habit meditation practitioners and we go on 10 day silent retreats every year. And, um, you know, one of the principles that you commit to when you go to one of these retreats is nonviolence for 10 whole, 10 whole days. Yeah, you commit to not knowingly cause harm to any other living being on the planet. And so therefore the food that they serve is obviously completely vegetarian. And, um, and you just start kind of looking at it from a different perspective. You start realizing that actually the choices that you make um, have, a different, have a wider implication than just feeding yourself. Mm. So it started off health and then it kind of became a bit of a bigger picture approach. Mm -hmm. Do you, I mean, it's a very topic it's at the moment there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know well controversy but there's there's a lot of focus on it just generally you know mm. sort of plant based as a as a thing right. you know sort of rather than vegetarian you know it mm -hmm. sort of seems to have really really is part of the kind of language that is used yeah. certainly in the industry and and kind of you know much more widely mm -hmm. i mean do you think it's a a trend that will kind of peak and, and decrease, you know, that it's just, it's a, or do you think it's a sort of sign of some more basic shift yeah. in the way that people are? For sure it is, it's mm. a shift. Without a, in my, if you ask me in my mind's eye, I'll tell you without the shadow of a doubt, I think it's a shift. Mm. It's not a fad, it's not a temporary thing we're going through. Um, it's a shift that it's actually the sign of, of a further evolution uh, that's taking place in the consciousness of humanity as a whole uh, where we're starting to realize that you know uh, it's not just about us in this world we're not the only living creature we don't own it you know we barely live in it and if we can learn to live in harmony with the na nature and all other living beings then it can only best serve us um, so i think it is a shift um, but you know, I also, I'm not one of those crazy advocates that rams it down people's throat. Mm. I don't think that's an effective way of advocating for it. I think in many cases that actually brings forth quite the very opposite results of what you're trying to achieve. It kind of builds a barrier and it puts people off and it creates this separation. And I don't think I am a better human being because I choose not to eat animal. I, I would be silly to even state that given that I was eating animal products up until not very long ago. You know, I grew up eating animal products. I understand why some people might find it so hard to shift. It's because 
you know, it's it's deeply embedded in your habits and your, you know, your cultural habits mm. as well. And, um, you know, the favorite foods, the foods that your mom cooks, the foods that your grandma cooks, all that kind of stuff. So, but I think you, as a whole, we are shifting in that direction. And there will be a time when it'll be the norm, it'll be completely accepted and it'll, it'll just be the way we eat. Mm. So if we, somebody looking to maybe just take a few steps Correct. down that path and so reduce reduce the amount of meeting meat that they're eating a little bit say so what would you what would you recommend to them and what would you recommend to people on your programs so there are some top offenders that I would be looking at mm. first and foremost and I would be recommending them to cut out as soon as possible uh, and you know you would I would recommend them to start with processed meat so you know anything that is not just a piece of steak or a piece of chicken. Because um, that has actually been proven to cause disease. You know, the World Health Organization has classified processed meat as a class A carcinogenic. So that's a same class as, you know, cigarettes and asbestos. Like, there's no doubt that that stuff is not good for you. Um, so that's where I would start from. You know, just slowly, gradually, just take it all out. You, don't, you genuinely don't need that. That's officially bad for you. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, it's uh, clear yeah, as day. No argument. No argument with that. Um, so that's what I would start from. Personally, the second offender um, that I would probably recommend somebody to start cutting down on and eliminating is dairy. Especially with women, uh, but in general, I would say. Uh, that's the second probably food product from the animal realm that has the greatest association with a bunch of, you know. Why, why women particularly? I don't think I've heard that before. It's, well, you know, uh, you, the hormonal balance of a woman is even okay. more delicate than that of a man. And, you know, we are more heavily impacted by hormones for so many reasons, you know, childbirth being one of them. Mm. And, and dairies are packed of hormones, you know, to right. the brim. Mm -hmm. So, because you can imagine, you know, a cow is only producing milk if she's pregnant or has just given birth. So these cows are like pumped with them because they are forced to be pregnant and give birth for the whole life. Um, mm -hmm. So on top of the hormones that already would be in milk, the milk is a hormone growth liquid. That's mm. essentially what it is. Any milk, even breast milk. So on top of the naturally occurring hormones, there's also the extra stuff that these animals are injected with. Right. So it's just it's very disruptive. So that would be the second thing. That and would then, be the and second then just thing. And then just the, uh, what I actually recommend our clients to do is instead of focusing on what to take out, is focusing on what to add in. Mm. I think I. I read something in the research for this where someone was saying um, start with vegetables then add other elements think of meat as a garnish not as, not as the main event um, do you think that's, that's kind of that's just generally approach. good advice for sure <coughs> that's definitely mm. you know like we go back to deprivation nothing good comes out of it so and also we go, it's fundamental not to go hungry if mm. there is one common mistake I see people make when they shift to plant based eating whether it's temporary or for good is they don't appreciate how much more food they need to eat to meet their daily calorie requirements. Right. And especially women, again, we go, we go back to women because you know, we're not used to 
we're not used to thinking that we can eat large amounts of food mm. and, and be healthy and lose weight. There is this, it's implied that you have to control your portions and eat little, you mm. know. And uh, actually and the, the meat, beauty, yeah. yeah. Meat is very sort of nutrient dense, isn't Correct. it? Correct. So, yeah. Whereas plants are quite the opposite. Mm. Right. <laughs> they are the least, the, well, they're packed full of nutrients, but not very calorie dense. Calorie dense, yes. So in order to reach the, the minimum caloric kind of requirement of your day, you are going to have to eat more. Mm. <laughs> well, in fact, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> why I love it, is because I get to eat loads and, and be the skinniest I've ever been. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's again a shift. You need to shift the way you think of portions and what you think is the, the right amount of food for you. Mm. So I kind of educate our clients towards eating more of the right stuff and uh, really packing it in and I and develop this crowding out mm. I call it crowding out of things that are not so good for you so that you don't even feel anything is missing mm. let's talk a little bit about the the results basically that you, <laughs> that you get what you um, aim to get what you sort of typically get I mean are there is there such a thing as a sort of typical outcome from, from an engagement other than generally improved well-being? I mean, other things? Well, there's some commonalities, yes, that we see people mention time and time again. Mm. And, we, you know, of course, weight loss is a big one. You mm. know, we would lie if we said that we don't promote weight loss or if our clients told us that, you know, that, that they don't care about mm. that. Of course, unless you have that specific opposite goal. My husband mm. is constantly looking at ways to maintain or put on weight, you mm. know, very different scenario there. Um, and some people do struggle with that. It's just as big of a struggle as wanting to lose weight. But um, in, in general, mm. most people come to us because they do want to lose weight. And, you know, the fact that they can do so almost effortlessly with the right direction, but most importantly, not going hungry. Because mm. this is another deeply embedded association that in order to lose weight, you have to feel hungry and you have to like, you know, again, we go back to the deprivation state. Um, so that they love that uh, mm. everybody loves that energy levels soar through the roof that's probably one of the things that is, is that something is people are looking for or they just kind of they they're just happy when that happens no they, they, I think most people realize that they're not performing mm. at the peak of their capacity when it comes to energy and you know just waking up feeling groggy and numerous energy dips throughout the day it really affects your productivity it affects everything you know when mm. you you know even if you've gotten used to it over a long period of time there's still the sense in you where you know that it's just not how it's supposed to be you know mm. you, you should feel more energized so that's probably mm. after weight loss I'd say improved energy is probably the second most quoted do people sort of um do they have improved wellness in that sort of sense of not ill as well do you mm, find people kind absolutely. of health is a big yeah. one that's a big one yeah. big one you know when you feel like you might be harboring disease um just puts a damper on your life you know mm. the fact that you have to watch your back all the time and kind of anything that kind of you start feeling you're like oh could this be here because Whereas if you know that you're taking actual steps and you're taking action mm. towards preventing disease, then you live with a different sense of peace of mind. Mm. <laughs> you know, you can 
you can pour your energy onto something else rather than worrying whether mm, yeah, this forward. thing could be it or like, oh, for sure. What about, um, are there any kind of particular quick wins? I mean, stuff that you, I'm sure some of this stuff that we're talking about, you know, we said it takes time. Mm. It takes sort of three months, six months, a year to kind of to really embed this stuff. But I mean, are there things that you start seeing very quickly? Yes, I mean, improved digestion. It's okay. probably number one. The moment right. you start eating more plant-based food and cutting down on some, especially with the processed meat, yeah. you know, your bowel movement improves, which means that, you know, you feel lighter immediately, even if you're not losing weight, mm. you know, immediately you feel better from the inside out, you know, uh, that's, that happens within weeks, really. really. Once the body gets used to the increased amount of fiber, which can be a little bit traumatic to begin with, and it can cause a little bit of blurtness and all that kind of stuff. But once, and that, two to three weeks down the line, you start really feeling healthier and lighter from the inside out. And it's something that it's almost hard to put in words. It's more of a feeling that you get, but mm. that happens pretty early on. And then, you know, because we go back to the three Fs and we're always doing a little bit of all three, you know, I think what we find with our clients is, is that through working on the focus, they realize that they can achieve way more than they intended just mm. from paying attention to the mindset and doing some exercises and doing some conscious work on that. And everybody always without fail is surprised by what they were able to implement effortlessly. Mm. They, they, they genuinely didn't think they were going to be able to. Um, and on the fitness thing, on the fitness side, just feeling stronger in yourself, feeling more confident in yourself, just from taking action, the confidence levels soar. Even if you haven't gotten the results yet, but you know that you're taking action, that already shifts you. Sort of walk yeah, a bit taller and 100%, mm. without a doubt. That's why, you know, taking that first step is just so important. And when, when people finish with you, you know, they come to the end of your program, do you recommend they, you know, we were talking about the longer the program, the less likely these habits are to fall away. But I mean, do you recommend a sort of aftercare? Do you put people, you know, suggest sure. people kind of get into a group and yes. do something together? 100%. Mm. It's for life. The journey is for life. You're yeah. never really done with wellness. You don't come to a point where it's like, okay, the wellness box is ticked. Mm. I can move on to other matters in my life. <laughs> No, that's... I suppose it's like, yeah, it's washing or something, isn't incorrect. it? You just use daily practice. 100% daily practice. And setting up your environment for success mm. is a fundamental part of long-lasting results. Mm -hmm. um, so the more you stay in touch with groups of like-minded people, and we have, you know, we have a Facebook group, we do regular meetups every month with past, future, present clients, you know. So just your environment dictates your success. And that's true in any areas of your life, professional or, you know, wellness, well-being. So creating this frame of work, which is literally your life, that constantly motivates, keeps you motivated and inspired, and, you know, uh, it's fundamental, without a doubt. So the future, what, what does the future hold for whole shift wellness? Um, gosh, that's a great question. Um, so we are currently working on building some strategic partnerships because we're always looking at ways that we can add more to our offering and create an even more 
you know, comprehensive and high quality offering for our clients. Mm -hmm. So developing strategic partnerships with uh, service providers or food providers that can enhance what we're already offering. Um, so actually provide meal, yeah, we do meals already. and things. Because I saw you had a juice yeah, we do juice meals, snacks. Juice meals, okay. So it's constantly looking a way to improve that okay. in a way that perhaps more closely matches our views. And because you know, I've designed this three levels transition towards plant-based eating, level one, two, and three. So what I am at present looking into developing is meals that match the three levels. You know, so that our clients know exactly where they're at and what the next logical step is. So we're working with a lovely uh, team of. Um, meal developers that are mm. going to help us create meals that fall within the three levels. Um, that's probably one of the things in the future, I, you know, I'm working on our first book, mm -hmm. which hopefully, fingers crossed, will be out by the end of the year. Okay. Because the goal is to reach as many people as possible from all over the world. We want to have no geographical barriers. We want anybody to be able to access the whole shift wellness methodology, no mm. matter where they are in the world. So the book will allow for that, and then some digital programs uh, in the years to come will also allow for people to tap into the community and our methodology, no matter where they are. Mm -hmm. Do you think, I mean, you want to sort of uh, be able to help people anywhere in the world. Do you think that you'll always be based in the UK? Uh, well, we're nomads at heart. Yeah. I think once you catch the travel bug, it kind of lingers in you. So me and my husband, we, we, we go to the US every year and we spend a good amount of time there because we have a very beautiful community of people that who still love us and, and, and we love them back. So we like to be able to personally contribute to them. We do that yearly. And um, you know, we're passionate about getting out there and, and meeting new people and involving ourselves with new communities and spreading spreading the love really, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it helps us too, it keeps us inspired mm -hmm. and it keeps our horizons broad and open. Mm. Um, Is there anywhere that's sort of calling particularly? Uh, well, or? we've launched um, a wellness retreat back okay. home where I'm from in Sicily. Mm. It's coming up in July, which is very exciting, 25th yeah. to the 29th of July, uh, whole shift wellness retreats. So I see us... Um, building this side of the business, the wellness retreat side of the business, most definitely in Italy mm -hmm. and possibly other beautiful locations. My husband is from Belize, okay. another beautiful place yeah. in the world. Um, so I would say US, UK, Italy, possibly Belize are the places that we'll always kind of that have a presence yeah. in and we're looking to develop a presence in even more. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I can't <laughs> complain. <laughs> okay, I, I usually sort of bring these interviews um, to a to a close, or sort of start wrapping them up by just um, a few more general, sort of slightly more quick fire questions. Sure, um, let's do it. So, I'll just throw a few at you. Um, in the context of food, if I say success, who do you think of, and why? Gosh, right now, the first thing that comes to mind is Beyonce. Okay. Yeah, she's a very inspiring individual and mm. uh, she's doing amazing things in the food world right now together with their own wellness coach. So mm. I look up to them a lot and, uh, you know. Is, is she doing something sort of a business or just something yeah, yeah. for herself? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, she's doing plant-based meal deliveries okay. and food and actually programs, I think, as mm -hmm. well with Marco Borges, who's a 
mm. you know, big personality in the wellness industry, someone we really look up to. So those are the names that come to mind right now, Marco and Beyonce. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I might know, I might have a guess, <coughs> a guess at the answer, but are there any daily habits or routines that contribute to your success? I'm thinking yoga is going to be in there. Yoga is definitely Yoga's in, in there. there. But before yoga, meditation is in there. Okay. I don't do yoga every day. Right. I meditate every day. Mm. Every single day. Without fail. First thing? Or First thing for sure. Yeah. On some days, I might even do a second sit. I'm not, I'm not quite well practiced at the second sit. But the first mm. thing in the day before I tap into any technology or anything else at all is, you know, train the mind quiet and empty, you would say empty, concentrate, reinforce. That's fundamental to me now, mm -hmm. thankfully. It's a very important practice. Okay. Um, if you could pick up the phone to your 20-year-old self, <laughs> what would you say to her? <laughs> well, that's a great question. Uh, I would say, you know, don't worry. Okay. That's what I would say. Don't worry. Everything will be fine. Everything that's happening it's preparing you for what's to come. You know, mm. there is no such thing as mistakes or, or even mm. the greatest traumas are teaching you something that you're going to need later on in life. So, yeah. do, you, do you think she'd listen to you? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's do you know what 20 year old yeah, does? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll leave it there. It's been brilliant. Thank you My very pleasure. much. Um, would you like to, you know, for people that have watched to this point, would you like to? tell them about anything that you're doing or sort of suggest they look at anything in particular? Sure, I mean, uh, the easiest thing that anybody who wants to spark a little something new can do is go on a website and download a free PDF report that we've developed, uh, which comprises of the seven most common mistakes we see people make time and time again, especially busy time plus professionals, when wanting to improve their well-being. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's seven mistakes that keep reoccurring and so we felt like obliged to, you know, to talk about them and give some tips. Mm -hmm. So wholeshiftwellness.com, you know, download the free PDF report and use it as inspiration to start making small incremental improvements across any of the three Fs, ideally all three of them. That's really, it's a no-brainer. Well, fantastic. I'll put, the, put all of those links in the kind of notes to this as well, Wonderful. so if somebody's looking at this, that should be there for them. Thank you very much for your My time. Pleasure. It's been fascinating, and yeah, thank you. Thank you, Alex.